that clarity around the why hmm. for me usually helps me to get through it. So that personal connection, anywhere where there's that connection, I try to make that anybody I leave that they'll know, yeah. I care about you and I'm gonna figure out best I can to put you in a position to win. Self-leadership can be lonely. It's hard to do the thing no one else wants to do, that no one else is willing to do. But you are not alone. There are others dancing through the fight and laughing as they lead. Let's find them, swap stories, and live through this together. Welcome to How I Live Through This. I'm your host, Ann Roach, and I'm really glad you're here. Today, I'm excited to talk to my friend and fellow podcaster, Orlando Bishop. Orlando, Brooklyn-born, has called Los Angeles home since 1997, where he earned his MFA in motion picture producing from USC Film School's Peter Stark Producing Program. He served as a staff writer on Seventh Heaven and The Secret Life of the American Teenager and developed projects for companies ranging from Nickelodeon to Fox Searchlight. Throughout his time doing stand-up, performing storytelling, developing movies, and his solo show, Orlando Bishop, Unstuck as Fuck, a good story well told has consistently been his aim. Even his aligned performance methodology he highlights in his coaching practice is based on helping people articulate their success story and then coaching them through the process of bringing it to life. Whether through his films, his podcast, or his one-on-one -on -one coaching, Orlando's goal is to help you do you better. Welcome, Orlando. I'm really Thanks. glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this interview. We've been talking about <laughs> this, and I'm so glad we made it happen. <laughs> Thank you. I asked you on this season, Leaders for Change, because of all the work you do helping people get unstuck and take leadership of their own <laughs> success. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, have you always been a leader? That is not the question I expected, <laughs> but the answer then, but the answer is yes. I mean, you know, as you asked it that way, I sort of went back and yeah, it was that I've tended to be on some level a leader, like even back in elementary school, like, you know, you'd have your little elections for, you know, class mm. president or whatever. I remember usually pretty early on, you know, by like October, I, I had had my turn. <laughs> And all that kind of um, so I guess yeah, I have. And then as I've gotten older, it's, it's remained true. I think part of it is, uh, for better or worse, sometimes for worse, uh, I'm often the person in the group who's willing to to say something or step out. Mm -hmm. And so you know that that sometimes has its good, and people will follow. And sometimes you know not so great when you're the one who says everything in the meeting, and then people come to you later and go. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, my review is going to suck and yours isn't. Where did that come from, Orlando? Being able to say yeah. the thing. Yeah. I, 
I'm not sure, but I feel like I do know how I've developed it. So I guess I'll say I, I grew up in church. I don't identify with any religion right now. I guess, you know, a little cliche, but I consider myself, you know, spiritual, but not necessarily any religion specifically. Um, but I did grow up Christian and uh, my reverend, who I'm still very close to, he's like a second dad to me, tells the story of me marching into his office and I'm about, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And uh walking in and saying, you know, we got to do something about the acolytes. <laughs> this kid who was like lighting the candles and just like walking back up the side aisle, like, oh, you know, it just, it just looked raggedy to me. And I was like, yeah, there's no good. <laughs> and he, he just tells his story. It's like nine year old walking into his office, like, all right, apparently somebody's got to take charge here. So it's not going to be you. I guess it should be me. And, uh, <laughs> But, awesome. but I think over the years, I've been rewarded for it to a certain degree. But I've also seen that um, a lot of times if someone will take the lead, a lot of people can do a lot of good things. But they sort of, you know, a lot of times I want to be the first one into the pool. Mm-hmm. So I have found that to be a, a strength of mine, too, that I'll and also that I will uh, recognize in someone like, oh, that's what you could do for the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think sometimes people feel good to know that it's not just a random thing. Actually, I used to uh, run a flag football program I created for the school my kids where my kids were. And there was a guy who um, found out he knew some football and uh, just a real easygoing guy. And uh, I am not. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I reached out to him and said, hey, we're gonna get you know some guys together here. I'm trying to get together a staff for this program. And so he comes and he's in my living room and I go, man, I'm just so glad that you decided to say yes, that you're here. And he went and he's real like easygoing guy. So I found this interesting. He said, yeah, why? And I feel like it was him testing out like, is this guy just a politician or what? What's going on here? And I went, oh, cause you need all different kinds on a staff, man. Everybody can't be the rah-rah guy. Everybody can't be the loud guy. We need different guys to fill in people, to fill in. And so he, I could see on his face that he was like, hey, he had, he had an answer ready. And, uh, but it was true. I did, and I often had friends and teammates I gravitated to who were a little bit more of the, um, if not strong, silent, like more of the mm-hmm. like steady, I, I can be uh, mercurial. so you're talking about collaborative leadership you're Mm -hmm. you're talking about recognizing where your strengths lie and using Mm -hmm. them in that space and then bringing on other people who have different strengths absolutely absolutely actually there's an alumni group that i'm part of a singing group that i was in in college at yale Yale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this, but I'm a townie, so I, I got to call it out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So for years, yeah, for years and years, I just said I went to school in New Haven, but that's yeah. a whole other. We'll do yeah. therapy some other time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I got but, New Haven love, so that's why I'm calling it yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. No, no. But yeah. So, yeah, I spent four years and then went back for a little bit in New Haven. And um, yeah, I. Uh, I'm on the uh, what we're calling the heritage table, so I'm 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 now going to be leading that, and immediately, like I know, because I've done it in other spaces, and actually, I might want to talk about some ways I've kind of created my own management programs for myself mm. uh, that I could describe. But uh, with this, that I 
have been very conscious of, I got to find there are a couple, you know, sort of lanes I need filled and I'm a certain kind of leader and that I'm good with, you mm-hmm. know, vision and I can help manage the big picture. You know, the person who's going to keep the timelines and keep this one on with that. Like I need a person who's a little better at that. Yeah. I know I need a person who can be like, my contrarian i like having a contrarian i had one guy when i was a leader who like i would literally just be like what's wrong with it like I, that would really be my question directly to him what's wrong mm. with it and he'd say blah 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 i'm like all right so how are we gonna let's see what we can do about that shut this guy up you know so we yeah, had fun with great. it but i used to do that a lot i like i like having somebody who's gonna say nah not that here's why yeah that's good mm-hmm. A team of rivals. How did mm-hmm. you figure that out, Orlando? I've studied a lot of um, leaders. I've thought about a lot about leadership, and 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 I have always um, really admired people. I thought were were great leaders. I remember, you know, it's funny you say that about the team of rivals. I remember learning that concept, whether it was Kennedy or it was Lincoln, and and just thinking like, oh, that's really that is really smart. Mm. I, just, I just remember just feeling that. And then also feeling that um, I've been in a lot of spaces where I was the one who was different. And so I think I have an appreciation for the fact that just because the majority says doesn't mean that's how it is or that that's right or that's best. Um, so I think I'm, I'm extra sensitive to there might be another way to see this. Uh, yeah, I think I'm yeah. extra sensitive to that. I've, I've often felt and also in a number of different settings, I've felt like the the other, the outsider. So I think I, I, I have a I have an instinct to make sure the outsiders don't feel like such outsiders. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And it sounds like you understanding that that your perspective from that eight year old boy in church to say, I see something you're not seeing. And I'm confident enough to tell you that you need to see this. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting way to put it. Um, Because a lot of times that's the way I speak when I'm talking through roles I want people to play. I want you to keep an eye on this. Mm. I want you to see that even I, I, you know, when I've coached, you know, when I'm running the sideline, you know, I'll say to a coach, like, just watch the safeties. Make sure, let me know, let me know if they've got deep halves on this. Right. And I don't want you to watch the whole play. You may not even see the ball immediately because if they run it, you should not be seeing the ball. I asked you to watch the safeties. So, yeah, there's a lot around that. Also, and I've learned some things in my life. I was actually this year diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And so I think in some ways also I really did see things other people didn't see. Now Mm. looking back that my attention did go to things. Um, I think it governs my storytelling style and all sorts of things. But I think as a as a sports coach, even a sports fan, I think I see things sometimes in a different mm. way, and I notice little things. Um, or I know I start noticing a pattern, and I'll go, I, I'll be able to extrapolate out. I think a lot more quickly sometimes than other people do. I remember once I was in high school, we did these this uh, really like peer leadership kind of group or whatever, and. Uh, we did this activity where half the group was putting together these oversized like floor puzzles and there were two of them and half the group was supposed to observe. So mm-hmm. I was part of the group that was supposed to solve the puzzles. 
So they brought out the bags or whatever, and they start, you know, so people grab the two puzzles and start. And I, someone reflected this back to me later. I didn't think about it. I stood back. When everybody got in immediately and started grabbing it, I stood back. And I was the one who realized, oh, wait, y'all got each other's pieces. Huh. I started taking pieces back and forth. Like, that's not yours. This one's yours. And they pointed out that a lot of people went in. Now they got, yeah. they were getting work done. I couldn't have done what I did without them working. So I'm not saying better or worse, right. but it's always valuable. And, and the value I often bring is I'll be that person who stands back and is like, yeah, yeah but that's not what we're doing here. This yeah. is the, I can come up with the concepts on things. Yeah. That's just always been my strength is to be able to see that big picture, to see how things work together. And I've always found it fascinating, even when I watched sports when I was a kid, I found it fascinating. Like, how do they draw up these plays? Like people, you know, mm. I was never the one necessarily who, well, that's not entirely true, but I was much more fascinated by how the Lakers managed to get the ball from one end of the court to the other so fast, so consistently than I was necessarily in a specific move Magic Johnson did. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So less the detail and more the vision. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, Orlando, was there a, you say you've always known that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take your word on that, but I'm curious about whether there was a time where it didn't work for you or you. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, <laughs> The truth of the matter is there are times and ways in life like you got to get down to the details. Yeah. You got to get down to the like, you know, yes, concepts, what have yeah. you. But, you know, so as a student, classes where, you know, classes where there was a daily quiz or, you know, right. checking up on the reading, like that never went particularly well for me. Now, you right. give me a project to do. You give me a, oh, you give me a classroom debate. Yeah. Everybody's in trouble, but <laughs> you asked me to come in every day with a paragraph or what we were supposed to do yesterday. Yeah. Oh boy, that's uh, that's oh. probably not going to go great. This so, is I, shining a light on my own son's uh, progress in high school. Oh, really? I'm hearing oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was always the trick for me. Any mm. class that had that kind of like steady drip, mm -mm. I was much more um, projects, big things. Anytime classroom discussion. You know, I can run yeah. my mouth now, as yeah. you're finding out. Have you even gotten to your second question? <laughs> I hope you packed a lunch. <laughs> um, but yeah. so, so how did you, I, I just, I, my brain just doesn't work this way. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, was there a moment where you, where like it was not working for you and then you saw, but if I do it this way, it does work. Yeah. Can you share um, that? Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, hmm. Yeah, let me think about, I guess there were a few things. This is not gonna sound particularly humble, but school was really easy for me mm -hmm. starting, like really easy for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to, I went through elementary school, it pretty much was, and I got into a, a program called Prep for Prep. I've been talking about prep a lot lately. At any mm -hmm. rate, I got into a program called Prep for Prep that um, was started essentially identifying kids who were excelling in public schools and putting them through this program and then sending us off to like some of the top private schools mm -hmm. um, at first in New York and then it expanded and it started doing, you know, um, 
prep nine, which does like a boarding, top boarding schools and all that stuff. So at any rate, um, when I got there, one, everybody was on my level or above, it felt like. Right. It was like, whoa, like I had never been in a group of kids where everybody could do what I do. Mm. Or at least that was the way it felt. And the and the other was just the volume of work. Like I couldn't yeah. breeze it because it was just so much work. I had to learn how to learn. Yeah. And so they taught us how to highlight, you know, that's a skill. Yeah. Right. And then people don't really think about that. I tell kids, you know, I read this and take notes. It's like, if you don't know how to do that, then what yeah. does that even mean? And I remember at first, you know, Mr. Roth was my history teacher. I remember him the first day I came in with my highlighted pages. He was like, maybe we'll just give you a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I still, I saw, I, I saw him on Facebook. I was like, you remember saying that to me? He said, I said that to a few people, man. <laughs> I remember being like, well, damn, man, I was just, you know, I was trying. <laughs> so might as well give you a paintbrush. But you learn, you learn like, ah, that's key information. And that's not key information. Now, what's interesting about that, or at least, you know, where it leads is that um, I remember being in college and with some friends of mine, I always remember this. We were in this history class together. I was an African-American studies major. So we were in this class, I forget all the uh, the entire name of it, but it was about antebellum South is I remember that specifically. And uh, so then he, uh, some friends, we were supposed to get ready for the midterm. So I started talking to a couple of friends of mine, hey, let's do a study group. Boom. And you could tell they were like, all right, you know, we'll see. So, they, so we did it. And I was very, I was totally honest. I was like, I have not read most of these books. I was like, you need to do like, you need to prepare this, you need to prepare that, you need to prepare this, right? We get in the room, we're having conversations, they'll start talking about some topic. I'm like, he's not gonna ask y'all about that. Don't even don't worry about that. Right? We would go, we go. So we go take this midterm. Everybody in our group crushes this midterm, like knocks it like out of the park, right? Oh. And they're like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I, but I'll tell you what, if I sit in your, if I sit in your class mm. and pay attention, I will know within a pretty impressive margin of error, everything you care about, everything you want to hear about, and what mm. you are not going to ask me about. And I, and I got really good at it. And I think in a way, mm. I didn't know it at the time. But I had to, I was developing and had developed hacks that allowed me to perform at a high level academically, despite my ADHD. Think about it. I'm all I was always filtering in a way that other yeah. people weren't because yeah. I was always taking in a ton of information. So I think it just was I was able to translate it in a classroom yeah. setting to where I could tell. Like, it would be so funny. I'd be like, don't you remember the day he lectured about that? He talked about it for like five minutes. He didn't even look at his notes. And then he, the half the time he wanted to talk about blah, blah, blah. That's what the essay is going to be about. <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay. Which so, yeah, explains think, yeah. why you're such a great coach. You mm. must do that with your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. That. And I get that. I get some of that from my mom now that I'm thinking about it. I would tell about my mom, she, I would call her. And uh, even if I was down about something, I would think like, oh, you know, let me, you know, get myself together. I'm going to call my mother here. Hey, ma, what's wrong? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> right? She just she could, got there quick. Yeah, I mean, she would. I mean, literally, what's wrong? And so, I, you know, I think yeah, I've developed that ability. I remember listening to one client. We were talking. She was, you know, it was fine, reasonable session. And I said to her, I stopped her and I said, listen, I, you know, we can keep working on what we're working on. Mm. I said, but I just got this feeling like something, go- something else is going on. And she just like immediately just started crying. <laughs> and yeah. she was like, yeah, my sister called and blah, 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 blah. Like, and we ended up spending, you know, however much time just talking about this fight she'd had with her sister. But I don't really know how I knew. Like, yeah. I just had this feeling like this is not, we are not talking about what we're talking about so yeah in a way some some now that i'm learning about adhd a lot of people talk about it in terms mm-hmm. of like superpowers and yeah. i think in some ways i did have to learn like I've, I've learned to really filter things away and that i think that was a driving reason as to why is because i really had to I, I it was all it was all too much so i yeah. really had to learn how to focus yeah and it makes sense that if that's what if that's what you were doing externally that you must have been doing that internally and so knowing that you that what trusting that what you were seeing needed to be focused on mm-hmm. and 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 then doing that yeah 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 i mean i think um i was really now you know that has a name hyper focusing but i mm. i knew i did have this a bit i used to call in college it'd be like as finals were coming i'd be like all right it's about time to turn it on i used to talk about it all the way yeah. all the time like that it's like all right it's about time to turn it on mm. and um even though i wasn't you know that steady you know library every afternoon student i mean reading weekend the finals i was a killer and I yeah. could bam, 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 bam. So yeah, I guess, yeah, I had, um, I learned to trust it. And yeah, and then, yeah, I learned to trust it for myself. And it's usually been pretty, it's usually served me pretty well. Or even when I can't see it, to trust that there's something I'm not seeing, and then I'll right. try to seek somebody else who can help me find it. Right. So I, you know, yeah, I have my coach, I have my um, therapist, you know, and so I trust them to help me see it, but I know there's things to be seen. And I almost always feel like whatever it is can be simplified. Hmm. Say more That's, about that. What does that mean? I like, it's like my, like the investment thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I studied and I really studied, like I took, I basically created for myself what was like an intensive course on investing, on value investing specifically. I watched all the stuff about, you know, about monger and uh, buffett I, I i listened to multiple books people who worked with him who were sharing their principles i had all you know equations and all this stuff written out but at the end of the day and i said okay cool i think i think i got it trust your eyes don't be a genius and that's how i invest i haven't even you know i i the numbers i look at obviously but it's not it's trust your eyes, don't be a genius. And so I, I almost always get to those. For my kid, my kids I coach, I do the same thing for them. Right. And aligned performance is that way yep. as well. Absolutely. So it's very the, the, the questions are straightforward. The core of this, almost anybody we know has known the elements of this since they were a little kid. It's the same questions mm-hmm. we ask about any story. Who, what, where, when, why, how. Now, the order in which we ask them, 
why are we asking them what we're looking for in each place how those pieces are going to work together how that plays into the experience we create how it plays into the experience we're having that's you know the nuanced stuff but the basics of it we're just telling a story we're just telling a story man like what's the story where, where you want to go and if we align who you are where you are and where you want to go will give you the best chance of getting there. It's not a magic trick, so you're not always going to get there. But and even as I'm now training some other people on the methodology, I keep reminding them of that. You ever feel lost? Who you are, where you are and where you want to go, you will always be discussing one of those three things. You will always be figuring out one of those three things, figure out what you do know and help them move from that into what you don't know. And you'll be back on track. Mm. Um, yeah, that's always been my yeah, when I coach defense, I always used to say, we're going to make this complicated for them and simple for us. I'd have kids running all around the field. We were playing a basic zone. It looks like we are doing the most complicated stuff in the world. This one's running here. This one's running there. Poor quarterback is cross-eyed. You know, we just run a basic cover two. But I'm running kids all over the field to, to, to make that kid. Just that one second where that kid's like, what's happening? Is that one second where my kid who's blitzing can get there. Yeah. That yeah. is so brilliant. I love that. <laughs> no, but it, what I love about that so much, Orlando, is that you're doing that on purpose. That you mm -hmm. rec you recognize the whole thing. You recognize you you recognize the whole vision. Mm -hmm. You understand what needs to go into that. You simplify it to keep it not only very clear but to keep yourself on track. And then you can, you can create whatever, whatever story or narrative you want to or need to around that in order to get it where you want it to go. It's deliberate. Tell me how that works in coaching. Yeah, I think one of the things that we do is uh, we, we work on uh, talking about your who, the two sides to who. So the one I'll talk about is there's a me side and the we side. So talk about the me side for a moment. So basically the me side, three to five characteristics that describe you or the version of you that's most likely to get from what we call the starting point where we are mm. to the point where we wanna go. So generally speaking for me up to this point, I'm doing some work on it right now, but generally speaking, it's been consistent, persistent, focused, courageous, loving, and I added healthy in 2020. Mm. And so basically, no matter what's happening, if I'm being those things, I've found, and that's just my list, it's not a universal list, but mm -hmm. I found if I'm being those six things, I'm probably performing at a pretty high level, no matter what I'm doing, mm. right? So whether that's me as a father or a husband or a coach or a director on set, if I'm being those things, I am most likely to be doing it at a high level. Mm -hmm. So what that does is it simplifies life for me, right? If there's something that, you know, is is a backhanded or underhanded way to do it, well, is that courageous? Mm. So then you don't have, I don't have a moral dilemma I have to sleep on and worry about because I'm not doing it because that's not the way I operate. So it just mm. eliminates a whole bunch of possibilities mm. right off the bat. And, and so if I want to know, should I do A or B? which one is more consistent with consistent, persistent, focused, courageous, loving, healthy. If it's 
A, then that's your answer. And if it's B, that's your answer. And so I think it helps people to um, boil things down. Yeah. And, and get really clear. Our mutual friend, uh, Nadine, she's probably like the best practitioner of that particular piece of anybody, maybe including me. Hmm. She's just super clear on hers. She calls it Casa. She's talked about it on the podcast. And um, we just can quickly, I mean, like in a flash, we can just, I can just go, well, can you do that from Casa? And if she mm. can't, like we've eliminated whole ideas. Can't do it from Casa. Yeah. Get it out of here. It's not, that's, it's not you. That's Nadine Kelly on the, on the Yogi uh, MD. Yeah. 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 I love her podcast too, but yeah, the Yogi MD podcast and yeah, we've worked together. Yeah. We, we coach each other. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. I love that. I, I am so struck Orlando by how you talked about the ADD mind, which mm. is, which is really, I hadn't heard about it that way of, I hadn't heard about the ADD mind or ADHD mind creating order out of chaos mm -hmm. and what really strikes me about that is that it sounds like this is something that has been um, as you talked about your whole life showing up showing up uh, i don't want to say showing up differently but recognizing that how you're showing up may be different than how other people are showing up and seeing the strength and power in that and then also seeing the negative space where what you need to bring in to make that a fuller a fuller experience yeah and i want to i guess i want to pause and this actually does play into our leadership conversation i think um i don't want to give the impression i recognize the power of it and i've recognized ways in which it served me well i've also spent a lot of my life and, I, and once I got the diagnosis, looking back and going, I know I, it was like it always felt like why are thing why are certain things so much harder for me than they seem yeah. to be for everybody else? Like I really would ask myself that, and 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 in many ways, sometimes feel bad about it. And I yeah. share that specifically because I want uh, I want to have that honest piece there, and not have anybody who maybe is feeling bad about the piece that feels out of place to them or different than the others or that gets in the way I don't want them to feel like oh well you know I don't have it all figured out so I can't lead mm. and that's part of the whole uh, align piece for me is like you can lead you just have to figure out what it looks like when you lead that's the that it's not the right plan it's the right plan for you and so um yeah but i had i've had some you know really rough times just feeling like how could i forget that how could i what you know i remember just being out of college first job you know i had my money in the bank come home my electricity's off it's like come on man like you could have paid it like you know what i mean like it's one thing if you're broke and you can't pay your light bill it's another thing to have the money and your lights off like you just sit yeah. there like man what in the world and now looking back i'm like of course like these details i used to lose things when i was a little kid i always felt bad about that i totally uh it was funny when i was being assessed i totally i said i got to a point 
when I was a kid. I remember just stating this. I've been very clear about it as a kid. My mother would be like, you know, you know, take these gloves or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want them. And my reason I don't want them is I'm going to lose them and I'm going to get yelled at. And I'm going to have cold hands and I'm going to get yelled at. Now I could just have cold hands. I don't have to get yelled at. And I remember consciously thinking like, I don't want to get yelled at. And I'm going to lose these gloves. Like, it's not like I will get yelled at if I lose these gloves. I will get yelled at when I lose these gloves because I am going to lose them. And uh, so now looking back, like, you know, I, I recognize that there, there were those, those tough pieces to it. Yeah. Now, I do think I was forced in some two things happened. I think I accentuated the parts I was good at. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I became a better people leader because I think that was a strength and it was a way that I could make myself valuable mm-hmm. in different spaces. But I also think in some ways I was always trying to solve for some of this, Mm. even when I didn't realize it. And so I think it helped me develop personal strategies that actually made me even more effective than I might have been if the things had come to me naturally. So I remember like studying Covey and then like having created my own um, my own planner. I would like print mm-hmm. out and I kept it in this three ring binder and it was very like it was and it it was a it might have seemed like a bit much but I needed that yeah. and this and I remember the semester I used that I got a 4.0 right yeah. now I stopped using it <laughs> you know what I mean and then I didn't get a 4.0 <laughs> right so you know um but yeah I think I developed I developed the you know strategies around that I was always looking into like well, where could I be putting things? How could I be reminding myself of things? And some of the stuff is funny that once I started reading up on ADHD, it's stuff that they recommend. You know, I color code mm-hmm. all over the place. Even when I direct my producing partner would laugh at me because I'd be sitting in the morning, you know, with my sides and the blue marker, mar- you know, the blue highlighter means this. Mr. Roth would have been proud, man. I was, it was a <laughs> symphony, it was a symphony of highlighting. <laughs> Lots of paintbrushes. Yeah, but you know, but I was able to, you know, but I needed the color coding to help me know, like when my eyes went to the page, what I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So anyway, I I think um, you can you can develop the parts that don't come naturally. And but I really like the idea of leaning on the things that do come naturally. Yeah, I really appreciate you talking about that, Orlando, because. This podcast is about first and foremost, self-leadership. If mm-hmm. you if you can't lead yourself or you don't know how to lead yourself, you're not as effective leading other people. And so your journey through figuring out how to lead yourself, not mm-hmm. just effectively, but honestly and truly to yourself as opposed to trying to put somebody else's system on you is is so powerful and brings me to the question of, you know, that's that's true leadership doing Mm. doing that hard shit Mm. when it's not you know that you're not going to get credit for that may be different from what everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. um you know but really doing that that kind of behind the scenes hard stuff that doesn't get all the that isn't all the shiny work how do you how do you find that energy to Mm. do that hard stuff and still do all the work that you do that that does light mm-hmm. you up. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I guess that's a that's um that's an answer with some layers. So one is I don't rest enough. And so again, I'm just gonna be like transparent. <laughs> So part of it is I I am working on not doing as much and I'm actively working on that, not in a, oh, I want to sit around in lounge way, but in a, I, I tend to over, I tend to have more planned for a given day that can possibly be accomplished in a given day, right? So then it just sort of leads to a certain pace and a certain way of being. So I'm trying to get better about being real about how that all works. But um, I think the other the, the other piece for me is probably one of my we talk about the what and the why when we talk about the point so the what is like what you would think the what you want right maybe i want to build my business up or i want this this interview to be helpful in you you know in the podcast or whatever the what is the, mm-hmm. the thing that we can see here touch you know um that's gonna that we're going toward but the other side is the why and the why is the emotional experience we expect to accompany our what. So it may be that, you know, for me, and it is general, a lot of times part of my why is connection. Yeah. If you look at the things I do, that's something that that the the pieces have in common that when I can create, when there's like a human connection, that's a part of it, that's going to feed me and fuel me and keep me going. Yeah. And so that's part of how I find that energy uh, specifically. I was working for one company and became clear to me that I do this in a number of ways. It was some, you know, reports I'm supposed to hand in. And, you know, as I as I've gone over already, you can imagine how well that was going. And, you know, oh, you got to hand in your time or you're this or you're that and this report and that report. And uh, so but what I got to was there was a guy who worked there, really good guy. And um he was the one who processed all the stuff that we all needed to hand in. So when I was handing things in late, I was making his life more difficult. Mm. Right now, he wasn't like mad at me personally, yeah. but I was making like I was part of the group of people who were making his life more difficult. Yeah. When I was able to focus on, oh, let me not make El Mustafa's life harder than it needs to be, mm-hmm. my ability to comply went up yeah right because it wasn't about the report which i find boring and irrelevant and don't understand why people do these things to each other it it was now about whatever i might think of time cards almost off as my friend and i'm not going to be a part of that yeah and so um that clarity around the why for me, usually helps me to get through it. So that personal connection, anywhere where there's that connection, I try to make that anybody I leave that they'll know, I care about you and I'm going to figure out best I can to put you in a position to win. You know, I'm thinking about that story of the candles when you were eight years old. It wasn't (laughs) just that the candles were looking ratty. It was that the why people are showing up to this for a real deep personal reason. And what is that? Like, that's not the experience we want to give people, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's been a big piece for me. Yeah. Throughout my life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. One last question for you. What, what have you discovered in your leadership of yourself? I'm going to ask. I say, I I sometimes say leadership role, but really I'm, I'm so curious because we've really dug into yeah the leadership of yourself what have you discovered in the leadership of yourself that you didn't expect 
I need to show myself the grace I show my clients. And even though if I'll be tough on my players, you know, I might let a player have it. If I tell you cover the deep half and they score in your deep half, you're going to hear your name yeah. and you're going to hear it from across the field. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's going to freeze. Everyone's going to hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> right. But ultimately, I'm going to put my arm around you and I'm going to tell you, all right, that's that. That's that over now. That's that play. I even I'll tell and I've told kids before. I'm like, you owe me. I said, like, you owe me a play. I don't know what that was, but you owe me a play now. You better get out there and make me a play, you know? But it's always that you can, you know, there'll be a next time and there'll be, um, and even when there's not a next time, if I know you gave me your best, but that, um, you know, so I'll put my arm around them. Dealing with myself, and this is something I've worked on in the last couple of years, real unforgiving. So, you know, I can be real harsh and, um, you know, even some of my assessments of my own work, I had an experience. This may be taking us a little beyond, but I think it fits. <laughs> it's a little, so I am um, a bit of a hoarder. I hold on to things like just objects, like you know, and it's that, you know, oh, I couldn't possibly throw away that cup. That's the cup <laughs> I was drinking from when my friend told me, right? Like, it's yeah. just kind of crazy. So I'm going through all these things now and digitizing all this stuff that I have video, like VHS tapes, like to give mm -hmm. you a sense of what we're talking about here. <laughs> and uh, one of them was from a concert, my senior year of college, and uh, that we had done with Shades, the group I mentioned earlier, and it's where I met my wife and some of my best friends in the world. So I started watching this thing. I was like, we were really good. Like, usually the story is like, we remember ourselves as having been, you know, whatever. And then you look back and like, you know, maybe not so much. <laughs> it, I, I actually was having the exact opposite experience of us as a group, but then also of me. And I, you know, I sang this, um, in particular, I'd sang this duet that I'd sung for years with this woman. We, you know, we, I knew that it was a good number and we always sang it, you know. But I was able, maybe it's because it's all these years later and I'm so far from my singing days or whatever. And so I have the distance from it or what have you. But I just found myself just sitting there and watching it and going, man, that was good. And I didn't remember it that way. I remembered it as like, you know, yeah, I was good, you know. But I was like, no, nah, that was really, that was really good, man. And it wasn't a matter of like, you know, breaking my arm to pat myself on the back so much as me going, why is it you didn't remember it that way? And there've been a few things now, and now looking back, a friend of mine pointed out to me, cause I, you know, a lot of processing around my diagnosis earlier this year. And um, my friend point was the one who really highlighted to me, like my dude, like you were a top student your whole life. You went to Yale, you went to one of the top film schools in the country. And you had ADHD the whole time, didn't know it. Yeah. You know, and but that's not how I remember it. I remember it as right. like that concert that I told you I sang that duet. There was a line I forgot to sing. And when I grabbed the tape, the one clear memory I had of that right. concert was that line I forgot to sing. And so I've been doing a lot of work personally on trying to be a more um, reasonable leader mm. with myself. 
that like, all right, that's enough for today. That's probably the biggest step forward for me yeah. is being um, showing myself the grace. Mm -hmm. And what's happened actually is I end up, I think, performing at a higher level because I'm just not depleting my energy so much with all that right. harshness. Yeah. So I hope that was an answer to the question you were that's asking. Beautiful. So you have the team of rivals, but now you also have the team of. Yes. Yeah. What, what is that word? Of yeah, grace, the, the team yeah, of grace. Yeah. 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 The supporters, the, yeah. But yeah, very much so. So it's yeah, been, it's, it's been, awesome. a, it's been a powerful time. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Orlando. That was a real Absolutely. pleasure. Yeah, no, I'm really glad you, uh, you asked and I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to How I Live Through This. I really appreciate it and certainly don't take it for granted. My goal for this podcast is to get support where it's needed. If you're so moved, please check out the organizations mentioned by my guest and consider how you might assist. Rating and reviewing How I Live Through This will also help amplify these heart-centered leaders striving to make equitable change in the world. Thanks so much. <laughs>